0: Triple M's Real Football Show. Oh, what a goal! biggest names and the biggest issues affecting fans of the round ball. Terrific run and a super finish.
1: The Triple M Real Football Show. Welcome to another week of the Real Football Show. Albie, Val and Ditz here with you. Uh, Joining us will be Sarah Willisey who's hoping to go to the Olympic Games and also become a part of the Matildas World Cup squad. And Sasha Ognanovsky, former champion defender, not only here in Australia, but right around Asia. And he is always very, very opinionated. And we'll talk all about the FA Cup final played last weekend. On the stroke of halftime, looking for something similar here.
2: Back across the face, the batter!
1: Oh, how did she not put that one away? It's a miracle save from Sarah Willisey. Val, the Tokyo games are only a month or two away and uh, many of our top players are getting ready to head over to Tokyo. Yeah, they are. And uh, Sarah Willisey,
0: um, an Adelaide lady, and she played for Western Sydney Wanderers in the W League last season, Uh, was a great goalkeeper for Adelaide United as well. And she was in the recent Matildas camp. So uh, things are getting very, very close at the moment. Welcome, Sarah. And how are you feeling at the moment?
3: Yeah, good. I'm excited, obviously, the the squad hasn't been announced yet, so just gotta wait and see.
0: So, what what happens now? Because uh, I think the camp was mainly for the local type players. And uh, so, so what happens now? Have you been told by the the, the brand new boss?
3: Yeah. So um, yeah, obviously, this last camp was the Australian-based players. Um, so the they've got a game coming up in June. So um, it'll be a combination of the European players and then maybe a few Australian-based players. It just depends, depends who the coach picks.
1: Sarah, how tough was the camp? What sorts of things did you do?
3: Um, Yeah, it was actually very intense. Obviously it was the best Australian players in the league. So um, it was very good intensity. And um, so we pretty much just played uh, quite a few games and worked on, uh, what game plans that he wanted to play with, so it was just like a lot of match matches played through the four game, sorry the four days.
4: Sarah, a nail biting situation these camps, obviously we a big prize at the end of it. How did you perform?
3: Um, I thought I did okay, not as uh, great as I thought, like thought I could have done, but um, obviously like a uh, the W League season had finished uh, a few months. Prior to that, and a lot of the girls were coming off of um, longish or maybe six week breaks, so um, I didn't. I felt like I performed okay, but you know, you can always do better. So,
4: I guess. Sorry, I guess it's a different ball game when the um, you're know, obviously you mentioned an Australian base camp there, and that's uh, makes perfect sense. But uh, once the um, the pros are in there, um, care and 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 co, uh, that's going to be. How many? How many? How, how, what would that put the squad up to? It was a twenty-five um, camp. How many other players have got to come in?
3: Um, so there, yeah. So there are quite a few um, European-based players. So I think, I think it's going to be mostly European players, and then maybe a one or two Australian-based players in in the squad. Um, I'm not actually 100 percent sure how many European-based players there are.
1: Sarah, I want to ask you, you might think this is a strange question, but I'm the father of a, a defender. I've had to watch my son play in defence for 20-odd years, and your heart is always in your mouth, I can tell you, because he makes one mistake and the team can lose. You're a goalkeeper, so when you go to a camp like this, is it purely about conceding goals, or can you as a keeper concede goals and yet still you know, have a great camp and have a great game? Do you know where I'm going with this? Like, <laughs> Is it always just about goals conceded?
3: Uh, no, it's not. It's, uh, it's it's more based on like your whole performance, not just if you can see the goal. Because obviously, it might not be your like if you can see the goal. It's not always your fault. Yep. like you've got ten other players in, in yep. front of you, so yep. yeah, it's, it's more based on your whole performance rather than just conceding one or two goals during yep. the camp.
0: Yep, sure. So Sarah, was Gustafsson at the at the camp?
3: Uh, no, he wasn't. We had a few Zoom. Like he talked on, over Zoom because mm. um, he couldn't couldn't make it because of I think quarantine or like he was. I think he was still in Europe. So
0: yeah. So so between now and the Olympic Games, and hopefully uh, there's only a squad of 18. I, I'm led to believe. So you're now playing the WNPL here in Adelaide at the moment.
3: Uh, yes, that's correct.
0: So you're back with West. Yep. Oh, Alby's uh, Alby loves that. <laughs> No, so how's your season going with West Adelaide at the moment?
3: Uh, yeah, pretty good. I've only played a couple of games so far um, because I was still contracted, so I had to wait um, until that finished. So, but it's, the girls are playing really well, and we we haven't lost a game yet, so it's going pretty well.
0: So I remember last year telling me that uh, you're looking for a move overseas, and that seems to be uh, the way. And you know, we've seen some of the Matildas in fantastic situations, um, especially Sam Kerr, who lost that Champions League final on the weekend. But is that still one of your goals?
3: Um, yeah, ideally, I definitely still want to play overseas. It just depends on my personal things going on at the moment. So it definitely is still a goal, maybe in the future, but we'll just have to wait
4: and see. Sid, I guess as well, you know, looking at the... Uh, Olympic Games, and you know you've got the World Cup ahead of that as well. It's it's a massive thing in to to make this squad for the Olympic Games because that just opens the doors. If you if you perform um, for the for the the team, that uh, you'll be included in the squad for the the World Cup as well.
3: Yeah, definitely. I I but in saying that, like if I don't. Or if players don't get picked, there still is a massive well, chance that they yeah. Could, yeah. Yeah, get picked for the World Cup squad as well. But definitely uh, helps.
1: Yep, for sure, Sarah. Keep training hard. Good luck in the months to come. Uh, let's hope Tokyo, you get a spot, and then uh, yeah, get into the World Cup squad as well, Sarah. Thanks for joining us.
3: Uh, thanks
1: for having me. Good on thanks you. This is Sarah Willisey from Western Sydney and uh, formerly of Adelaide United. Joining us now on the Real Football Show podcast, a man who, well, we know very, very well at Adelaide United. Also, he's been a socceroo, Sasha Ognanovsky. Welcome to the Real Football Show.
2: Thank you, gentlemen.
1: Now, where do we find you these days? You're coaching in Victoria.
2: Coaching in Victoria in the MPL here, uh, Dandy City.
1: Um, Dandenong?
2: Back home in Melbourne. Yeah, Dandenong City.
1: All right, Dandenong. Tell us about the standard of the league.
2: The MPLs quite a I think I think the Victorian one uh, is probably the strongest. Uh, we do we do tend to get a lot of uh, quality players uh, from interstate um, coming in and playing. We tend to poach the best players mm. from from South Australia, from New South Wales,
1: By the best uh, players,
2: Queensland. <laughs> Or bike, coach, and whatever you want to, whatever you want to Let's call it. Let's get them. the That's,
1: terminology right.
2: Probably right. <laughs> the reason why um, it is the strongest sort of MPL uh, in the country. Yep.
0: So Sasha, now that you're coaching, are you looking at taking the next step up in, into the pro league or even the national second division? There's so much talk nah, about. Mate,
2: I I I am trying via my coaching. Uh, to just help change the state of the game.
1: Oh, really? Um, Expand on that, to... what do you mean exactly?
2: The reason why we, I just said we're the strongest league here in the in Australia, the MPL that we play in, and it's the same in the A-League as well, is because we take, we don't promote the youngsters from within our own clubs and the development within our own clubs, we just go and buy a player that we need and in turn, what happens is we lose players. We lose players to the game. We lose talented youngsters who won't get an opportunity because you're paying somebody, um, you know, a thousand bucks a game, mm. and he, and he has to play. Yeah. Um, so I don't really have ambitions to be a professional coach. I run a business, um, which which looks after that side of things for me. Um, I do it to try and give young players an opportunity to play football and express their talents.
4: Sasha, make you a good point. Um, <clears throat> you look at it these days, as a very, very changing game now, Sasha. You know, it's a lot softer, as you're aware, uh, being a strong centre-half. The, the academies that you, you... All the clubs, in my opinion, should be set up with a good academy. Now, you know, you'll get academies that are better than others, but there's too many privatised Academies where probably hidden agendas whereby you know the the, the they get in where with an agent and then all of a sudden that kids loses out in Australia. Um, so I get what you're saying there, but you must have a good academy with people like yourself coaching at that level to ensure that the kids come through into the first team.
2: Yeah, and look, and that that all takes time as well to set up. Um... And we, you know, we we look at that. We have Roddy Vargas as our TD for the MPL Junior, so yeah, perfect, that's good. perfect, yeah. Tr- trying to bring in, um, you know, proper football people who have played at a decent level, who understand the game, who are on the same wavelength as, as myself and, and, and the club. So we look at we look at that, and we're looking at, you know, promoting again from within the academies. It's turned into a massive business,
0: yeah.
2: Now. Um, you know, clubs have guys that run their academies out of, out of the clubs and attract numbers like that. And it's, it's, it's moved away from what the game is really about.
4: Sasha,
1: this is music to my ears. How I, I would, I, I'd love to help you with this. I really would, but it's a big job. How do we change this mentality Australia wide? Because I have seen time and time again, young kids come through whatever club you wish to name, and they win an under sixteen title. And you think, gee, that kid's talented. He's captain of the side. He, he. I hope he plays for our club one day. He hasn't got a hope in hell of ever playing for the club's first team because of the but things you don't. just said. Yeah.
2: I'll tell you. I'll tell you why. Because. You need to have balls to do it. Yeah. And a lot of people would rather um, have their, keep their jobs, and yeah. that's the problem in Australia, rather than try and change something and do the right thing. That's 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 pretty much it. Everyone protects their jobs in Australia. Yeah. And they don't want to they don't want to Sasha Ognanovsky or somebody who's gonna turn around and say, You're actually doing the wrong thing here, mate. And this is how it should be, because they don't want to hear that. So they protect their jobs and they're happy earning their paycheck every week. And they don't really care about the state of the game. Yeah. They say they do, yeah. but actions always speak louder than words for me.
0: And and we saw that. I mean, talking about courage, you know, we'll just take it back. I remember back in 2008, if it wasn't for you, I don't think Adelaide would have gotten to the Champions League final. And, and you actually made some players' careers as well next to you, um, professionally to move overseas. Then you became... A Champions League winner, you won the best player of Asia, represented the Socceroos. Now, I'll take you forward, so I'll give you an example. What do you think of the A-League standard now in defending? And I'm seeing some horrendous defending at the moment.
2: You know, I, I always, always I say it to my boys as well. I said, look, you know, if we, if we concede a goal through um, getting outplayed, I, I, I'm the first one to take my hat off to so say that was a quality goal. Yeah. A lot of the goals that we see now, uh, you know, just, just errors all the time. Um, and it's constantly that type of thing. Oh, I had a conversation with my partner uh, the other day about teaching the art of defending, teaching the art of goal scoring. We don't have goal scorers. We don't have defenders. All we have is midfielders
0: yeah wingers predominantly. And, the, and the
2: poor and the poor midfielders become defenders and the quick midfielders become attackers yeah
1: <laughs> yeah spot on
2: so we don't have we don't have you know there's there's clubs here um that you know have, have, a, have a really good program to, to technically um you know give players you know, laterals and, and all the rest of that crap i don't teach defenders how to defend. They don't teach strikers how to... How to they don't do sessions with finishing.
4: You know, cool. everything's
2: about how many times you can juggle the ball, yep. and Spot how on. many times... <laughs> I was at... I, was at, I, was, I played for Melbourne. I, I, I kid you not, I couldn't juggle the ball more than 50 times. Yep. I learned how to juggle the ball at 23, yep. properly. Yeah, when when I was in Greece, and I played there, and I was juggling the ball one day training, and one of the one of the guys I was playing with, a Serbian guy, number ten, technically unbelievable. He said, "What are you doing?" And he, sh- he showed me how to juggle football. But I didn't need it up until that. No. Well, I didn't need it ever. But you used you know, to
4: juggle. Uh, you used to juggle strikers as well, uh, <laughs> Sasha. Yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, again, all that stuff is great. But it's not teaching football. It's teaching, you know, how to how to how to technically be great. But you know, like I said. The defenders now—they might be able to pass the ball, but they can't defend. So you're so, not a defender. Uh, but you're just—you're just, you're just a poor midfielder.
1: I want to give you a group of names, right here. There's Sasha Ognanovsky, yourself. There's Tobin Ivanovic, Costanzo Rudin, Muscat. I can think of, right? They are, and all were, including yourself, solid defenders that never got—I never saw you get beaten in a tackle. Name that one person in the league right now. Name someone yeah. that compares to that group right now. I don't think you can, can you? No. no
2: well, no names. No names come to mind. <laughs> no. But, Know, straight off the bat, no names come to mind. Uh, you know, we, 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 you look at Maury as well. You can throw into that yeah, category. Yeah, Maria. You know, Yes, uh, you know Roddy Vargas. Uh, yeah. You know these. You know just, just guys that could defend, and and that's, and that's something that and we've st- lost. And
0: strikers in. would fear too.
2: Hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I remember. You know, oh, yeah, just take it easy on me today, no, mate. You know, and they're all, they're all. <laughs> Now I see him, and and you see it all over the world, you know. And I don't know how right or wrong it is. I don't. I don't. You you can't change it because that's I think society's made it made it all yeah, like that. Maybe. But you know, you lose a game. I didn't want to shake anyone's hand, much, yep. Get him to, yep. get change room and 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 kick some balls. Get out of it. Get out. <laughs> yeah, mate. Whatever. But whatever it was, yeah, just. I don't want to go and wave to
4: the fans or sign secrets I'll just okay. <laughs> so you I come to into just the.
2: There taking selfies
4: and shit yeah. so she <laughs> you come into the brackets of a good friend of ours my, uh, Dits and I Gary McDowell he yes. was a, a no-nonsense centre-half and I'd love to see a lot more of that you make a good point as well about um, center half being able to play uh, out from the back but, you, but they are uh, a poor version of a midfield player it's a very good point you make <laughs>
2: Sasha. No, it, it is. It's, it's absolutely that.
4: Yeah,
0: last night, Adelaide United played Perth Glory. Cassini Yengi, who I think's got some great potential, and I can see him, if, if he gets sort of um, shaped up a little better, I can see him moving to perhaps, you know, greener pastures overseas. Now, he scores mm-hmm. like he did in Melbourne, yep. celebrates not with his teammates, but does a TikTok dance in front of the Perth Glory supporters. Mm-hmm. If you were facing Cassini Yangi, say next weekend, yeah. how would you handle him?
2: Uh, look he, again, you 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 make sure that he doesn't celebrate. And whichever way that happens is is up to the up to the guys. You are letting him I saw the goal that he scored. Yeah. You should never have scored that goal. Yeah. Because the defender didn't attack the ball hard enough. Yeah. yeah and that that's a simple fact. So if you're gonna let him dance and do that, well, that's up to the defender, really. Yeah? I didn't let people score against me because I didn't want them to score against me. Whereas mm. now, it's okay. Everything seems to be okay now. <laughs> uh, you know, it doesn't really matter. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, right, we've got next week. And again, when there's no relegation in the league, and that, it doesn't matter. Mm.
0: If it he was in matter- your team, what would you say to him if he did that in front of opposition fans? Would you be happy with that?
2: Yeah, I, I got nothing. I got no problem with what he's done when he scores a goal. Yeah, no problem at all. Because if he's he, with experience, he'll learn maybe to taper. it, Maybe not. Maybe that's his character. He's a cocky kid, and that's fine. You harness it and you work on that. No problem. I got no no worries. And and to be honest, in this league, um, is anyone going to go through him? Because he does it. Not really. <laughs> I think we has got to be is careful. Anyone, is, is anyone going to get in his ear? I, I spend a lot of the time straight off the bat getting in someone's ear, getting in their head. Yeah, yeah. That's half the battle. Yeah. You know, there's none of that anymore either. You know, there's no there's no close attention to him. He's got every right to celebrate however he wants. Yeah. And I got nothing. I got nothing. Nothing against any of the younger younger boys celebrating or doing that type of stuff, as long as you can back it up. You want to dance like that? You got to yep,
1: back it up. Uh, back it up, <laughs> Val. We've got to be careful in modern sport. It's not just football; it's all sport that we are wiping all characters out of the game. You're now, right. you, you, you're, you might say, or oh, he could incite violence," and that might be. No, I didn't say that. No, but he might. The, and I get that. Which if, I hope never. happens. And I hope it never happens. But you know, the vision of John Aloisi waving his shirt around after he scored the penalty to get Australia into the World Cup. When you see scenes like that, we need that sort of celebration. Yeah, there was eighty thousand Australians. Yeah, I know. Era. I get you. I, no, but what I'm saying is, yeah, though, but... you now get a yellow card when you take your shirt off. I'm just saying if fans get excited if fans love it and we all react we've got to be careful not to wipe all of those things out and become so boring that no I I agree but I think in my humble
0: opinion you're asking for trouble if you go celebrate in front of opposition fans
1: well I just said you inciting violence and what what trouble are you talking about well, a pitch invasion on no, a, a couple of games. Well, if if there'd be two or three next guys time, Next time well, he goes to spill over. And they've got 20,000. They're, 20, yeah, they're going to p- be on his back. And that's what it's about. We want. I don't want a silent stadium. I want a, a place that's full of character and having yeah, fun. And Sasha, crowd reaction. Otherwise, what we are saying is please sit in your seats, never cheer, never <laughs> barrack no, beef. No, it's a gentleman's game. I, yeah. I,
2: I used to fry on that stuff. The opposition used to boo me. Yeah, I didn't
4: care. Sash, a good point. Val touched on it, but he just breezed over it. The the oh, player okay. of the year in Asia. Um, it was just a that's a massive thing, mate. And you were fantastic to to win that. Do you still spend time or, or got good relationships uh, across Asia?
2: Yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah, I've um, I've got some obviously some good good friends over there. Some of my old coaches are still coaching in the K League, and that. So yeah, we. A lot, well, particularly when they come down here for Champions League, I'll go out and catch up and Brilliant. You know, we'll, we'll text and, and call and, and, and do all that. But uh, yeah, look, uh, that was an exciting time um, of my career, I guess, um, sort it's of fantastic. just took took everything um, in my stride, I guess, and took, took, took every opportunity I could. Um, and made the most of it, I guess. And and they they really took to me over there, and and showed me showed me the respect, and and um and and we we did some wonderful things. So I was really really happy. And again, that was all a a stepping stone from Adelaide, where we we got two finals, the A League one and the uh, Champions League one. Unfortunately, we didn't we didn't get a medal yeah. either. Um, but um, yeah, it was it was all that sort of progression from. From that wonderful time that we had in Adelaide.
1: Sasha, you're a champion of the game mate and good luck with your coaching moving forward with Dandenong. Thanks so much for talking to us.
2: No worries, Jens. Thank you. Good good to mate, to Sasha Ognanovsky.
1: and uh, oh, my he's right. He's, he speaks from the heart. I agreed with everything he just had to say then. I want to expand on this chat if we can between us. We've all got different involvement in the game. Uh, Albie, you've been a champion player, you've coached here in Australia, Val, you're the big newsbreaker. I've been a club president and I'm a father of players, okay? So I can see it from different angles. Uh, You know, something he just had to say about young kids not coming through to play in your club, I am really passionate about this. And I would love to get a delegation together and go to Football Australia and say, "What are you doing about this?" And I'll tell you but why. Well, hang up, Val. We know players where we live here in Adelaide getting thousand dollars a game. We know that in Sydney, it's, it's that's ridiculous. three thousand dollars a game. In Melbourne, it's two, two and a half, three. What, I'm, what I want to say to, and we know there is a second division coming in in the A League. If you want to play, pay players three thousand a game. Create your own team with your own sponsor. Do not take the kids' money. Don't take the junior money that all of the parents in the club are paying for, and then we can have separate clubs that are actually for juniors who will progress and play first team football at a club where it's realistic. If you want to pay one, two, or three thousand dollars per player, go and join the second division of the A League and get a sponsor to pay for it. And I am very, very serious about that. I, know, I totally agree, but the system's broken. Yeah, but it, it's, it, this it's is where Football bro- Australia needs to it, step it, in. But It
0: stems. In my opinion, from the top. because That's
1: Football Australia.
0: For example, the NTC program here, they're our supposed best children. They get charged to play. There's no scholarship. We're in the old days, and I was a state player when I was a kid. We paid nothing. Hmm. $10. It cost my father back then. Now now you're paying, I think, close to $1,100 a year. If you want to play in an Australian Championship, there might be another 2,000. You want yep. to play overseas, another 2,000. Yep. Five, five and a half thousand. Yep. From the children who are supposedly the best. So how are you going to tell a club not not, not to take the kids' money
1: to pay their first team? You can't. You've got to start from the top. No, what you do, though, is you wipe it out at the top. I'm saying it needs a session and a delegation to go to Football Australia and say, you need to stop this now. This has been going on for too long. Teams paying that sort of money to first team players and robbing a young 15, 16, 17-year-old boy of working his way and the girls working their way into that first team is a disgrace. These kids now oh, have to go. go to an, another club down the road. And they say, hang on, I've been at this club since I was five years age of age. I'm now 17. And what? I can't get a game in the first team, even though I've been best and fairest every year and I've been the best defender and, or the best striker. But, and you're telling me I can't even train with the first team to have a go because you're buying in all of these players. The system's wrong. It's a it disgrace. Is. And I'll say it again: If you want to play in that league, if you want to pay that sort of money, go and create a semi-pro league somewhere. But it. let our kids advance in the right way in the game.
4: Ditch, you're always passionate about stuff like that. But and we have had a, a discussion on, you know, there needs to be a point of difference at a club. Okay, the best coaches in the club, right, should be coaching at the junior level. So the, the pesos of this world, the, the Barney Smiths, the Brazales, the mores of this world, should be. Coaching under twelves, under thirteens—it's a big point I'm away to make here. Ajax—I went to Ajax to go through the the academy—and guess who's coaching the under elevens? Arnold Muren. Mm-hmm. Now Arnold Muren was he played for Man United, Everton, mm-hmm. champion player, and all in that area, eleven to something like thirteen or fourteen, there were very very senior ex pros that had international caps for Holland in the in the locker and basically they were coaching the kids. It's a very valid point. All the good coaches in in, in Australia, they all want to coach at the highest level. Now that's a, that's a that's a there's point. A, there's a
1: way to short circuit this Albert. And again look if I am sorry to talk about it myself, but it's just I've got I've got examples here. So I was president of a club here in Adelaide called West Torrens McCallor. I have a background, I have a lot of association with AFL in this country. I think the AFL, even though it's not a world game, does some things really well. Mm-hmm. And do you know one thing they do? If you're in the under-15s and you show a bit, the, the senior coach comes and taps you on the shoulder and says, lad, you're training with us. You're training with the first team. Do you know what first teams in soccer clubs do? I'm not having that kid train with us. He can't pass the ball. Well, teach him to pass the ball. Do you know what? Three weeks into spending time with him, yeah, well, he not, will be able to pass but the this, ball. That's not a good example. It is a good example because, because they the young will kids, not do it here. Listen, the, the young
4: kids overseas and the pr- pr- the proper professional football. You think of the boy Rooney, the guy Rooney coming to the Everton team at sixteen. He got a chance because he was the good. Beck- the Becks over this world, the. the and all the I'm talking butts. about the kids that are on the
1: fringe. They're not Rooney, but they're the next level down. What you do is you invite three of them at least to be a part of first-team training at least one night yeah, a week, yeah. maybe two nights a week. And do you know what? By the end of the season, they will be up to speed. If they're not good enough, they won't make it. But they've got to be given a chance. I had senior players come to me at West Ham's because saying, you are mad. Why would you let a 15-year-old kid train with our first team? He doesn't belong here. Make him earn it. Well, I'm telling you, that is that is a broken system, and it's wrong. Yeah. And I've got one more point to make. Sorry, Val. I'm on, my, He's I'm on, on a, a roll. roll. He's on a roll, Val. Do you know our under-16 team made a cup final in the state, right? So what I did as president said, right, oh boys, you train in the first team, change rooms tonight. You change. You use the locker room. Do you know why? Let them see it. Let them, because when I was a kid, it happened to me in AFL. I went yep. to the Port Adelaide change rooms, and to go inside that A-grade change room and, and sit at the same lockers as my heroes, I couldn't believe it, right? And I then, you know what I wanted to do? I wanted to play for Port Adelaide. I couldn't wait to hopefully one day play in the first team. Now <laughs> That never, ever happened. I got pulled aside by a senior player at West Times McCallum and I said, don't ever let those kids in that change room again. The they friends. earn the right to go into that change room. I could not believe what I was hearing, and that is one of the great problems I am talking about, Albert. In this game that we call the real, the world game, real football, you, you're just ostracised as kids. Until you earn it, you know, don't give them a cracker, don't give them anything. You came through a professional system where you had to clean boots and things like that at your club, correct? Yep. yep. Right? It's flawed, it's wrong, and we got to change it. There's an example happening
0: right here. There's a kid who's at a particular club. I won't name the club. He's been at the club since he was about four He's gone overseas on the verge of landing a contract in a, in one of the big five leagues with with not the top clubs, but second. He's had to come back because of COVID. He's 17, a great little midfielder. First team won't even look at him. Mm. He's playing under 18s. There he, you go. And he was going to sign for this a club in Europe in the top five leagues. Yeah. He doesn't know what to do. He wants to give mm. up. Yep. 17 years old. Well, the, the kids in tears, mm-hmm. right? That's a perfect example. And then another example, I remember I, Ross Eloisi coached for the first time in 2009 with me and another uh, Rob Silvestri at Campbelltown. We had 14 year olds, 15 year olds playing under 17. So we had a couple, they were three, two and three years younger. A lot of these kids had so much promise making the state teams on the Virgin National team. No one's around anymore. They've walked away from this club. Mm. Walked D- away.
4: D- well, if I had any advice to give to a club, okay, to re the whole situation, that makes perfect sense. Think about it. If you've got a Brazali, Mark Brazali, or a Pesos or a Morey coaching your, at that level, under 12s, it's say under, under 10s, under 12s, under 13s, under 14s, in that area, that's a massive thing. It's a difficult thing to get, but you need to pay them well. They need to be sponsored. But if you've got, they're going to be teaching the kids properly at that level. The problem here, let me tell you, without any default, the kids do not get taught properly until they come into the under 18s It's too late. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I suppose you're playing. You're playing in a pro team, first team at eighteen overseas. There's a the difference. People come into the the first team here. We know. Good background of, of coaching, how to protect yourself and how to defend and, and how to get forward and back things up and all the above. Yeah, that's not happening. I'm, I'm
1: not disagreeing with that, but you you haven't listened to me either. I would grab the three <laughs> or four best kids and train with the first team Push and them they up. will learn
4: 100%. Yeah, yeah but by that well, why time, why doesn't it happen? But but by that time, you're saying 15 16, they've missed. Yeah, a, yeah. Lot, a lot of good tuition. But
1: we still know that there's cream that rises to the top. We still see very, very good young players. and yes. You know, look at them and go, I think they deserve to train with the first team.
4: But and what happens happen. there, if they're, in, if they're being trained properly at the, the younger age group and they come into the, the first team training sessions when they're 16, mm. they're going to be able to, you know... Perform at that level Mm. Because they've been taught properly Mm. You get young kids coming up And then the coach will go He's not not good enough Let's put him back
1: Explain the arrogance Of soccer players to me (laughs) And I'm going to upset Everyone (laughs) listening right now That's a soccer player I've seen it on the park A, A senior first team player so the young kid who trains right misses a pass, and the, and the boy he is shit. Co- coach, get him off. Mm. He's shitty, he can't pass. Mm. How about the the first team because This is what happens in AFL. Goes and puts his arm around and say, "Mate, you you'll get the next one. Don't worry about it. You missed Encourage that one. Him. You'll get the next one. And hey, I'll work with you. I'll show you how." What they do in soccer is go. He shit. Get him off the pitch. No, but no, hear right? it all the time. No, but no, you're speaking oh, about. Val, come on.
4: But no, you're speaking about a different thing. You're speaking about a good environment, happy environment within a club setup. Well, I've heard we it too all many times. There's, I've there's, heard it too many there's times. There's a few guys that um, don't do that, put their arm around them instead of, you know, constructive criticism, if you like, call it that. But the thing is, you know, kids have got to be taught properly at an early age or they've no chance. And that's the reason that we don't produce. You know, how many players go overseas, Val, well, and they're back within six months? I'll but tell you there's, why
0: There's a scam Happening there too If we want to touch on
4: that Yeah but I'll t- You're going to go off At a different point there But, but well, Not for, really for, for guys to go Over there And not be taught properly And to protect themselves When they're they're in training and, and make the right Proper runs yep. They're going to be Left behind mm. Alright Sorry But they are It's
0: been a, a Quiet start so far See if Leicester Can start to make Some noise That's pull back To Vardy That's a good block in the end from Rhys James. Just starting to open up a little here. Block there, Torres, maybe with the arm, but we continue. Here's Yuri Tielemans!
1: It's a stunning goal from Tielemans! Leicester have the lead and how? Pure strike. Wonderful goal! The EPL. This is your sweet spot here, Albert. Uh, FA Cup over the weekend. What did you think?
4: FA Cup was 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 uh, was fantastic. Look for for Leicester to win yep, that game. Brilliant. Was uh, magnificent. We're trying to get Brendan Rodgers. By the way, we all know that on on the program. Um, right, it'll be fantastic if we we get him on on the program. But what a good win for for uh, Leicester! And, and to me, Val, well deserved.
0: They had a bit of a touch-up. They played again, didn't they, recently, a couple of days ago? Yep,
4: they did.
1: Pretty hard to come back, though. The the euphoria of winning the FA Cup and then to back it up again – but, yeah, look, what Leicester's achieved in the last few years gives us all heart, hopefully, that it won't always just be the same five or six teams, but uh, it, it probably always will be. But isn't it just magnificent to see Leicester, uh, what they've done it over is. this last 10 years? It's brilliant.
4: Yep. They're still in the mix, um, you know, for the, the Champions League. Yep. You know, you're looking at Man City secured their spot, obviously, by winning the championship in 83 points. You've got Man United on 71. So they, the two of them have qualified. The teams, Liverpool is now... Crawled back into the uh, the top four. They had a big win over West Ham. They're in they, they now they in, in the four. Just now? Yeah, they're in the four. And Chelsea as well. But Leicester and West Ham just below them yep. on 66 points, Leicester uh, and West Ham on 62. Liverpool on 66 points and Chelsea on 67. So a massive weekend coming up where Leicester are playing Spurs. Very Ooh, difficult match. Yep. But they need to get the three points to keep themselves in where shout-out qualifying for the Champions League. West Ham playing at Southampton, they've got to win that. And yep. I think Southampton could maybe take something out that game. And and Aston Villa playing Chelsea, because Chelsea could drop out. So massive games over the weekend. <laughs> All right. Vow, just
1: to finish off on uh, this week, what are the hot topics? What's making news? Well, there's plenty around. Um,
0: Adelaide United, Perth, glory. It's now the close to the business end of the season. Adelaide United were leading for most of the clash. And they actually, they were smashing Perth in the first half and took a 1-0 lead through Yengi, and then the wheels fell fell off. And it happened last time as well. And in my opinion, um, the wrong changes were made by Carl Viet with a couple of plays. He took off two midfielders, replaced them with the Toure's, that's Al-Hassan and
1: Muhammad. and Let's then, see how he reacts. He's been very honest. Remember earlier in the season, Calvi had said, yep, I got that one wrong. Let's see if he agrees with you. He might come out in his next presser and say it was my smash fault me. or not. He'll probably smash me <laughs> next time. But,
0: but I mean... No, it, but it, he's it, honest. He's it, honest. It,
1: it, he is. And it was a good
0: a good win to Perth. Glory. Now, um, I mean, the business end. So you've got a, a real backlog now in the top six. So Melbourne City, 45 points. Sydney FC, 38. Do you think Melbourne City going to win the premiership? Probably. He's out on the limb again. And then you've got 36 points. Mariners, 35. Adelaide, MacArthur, 35. Brisbane, Roar, 31. Western Sydney, 31. Perth, Glory, 31. And they're the team. So you've got two to seven all fighting for that one spot. Yeah. So it's really, it's becoming really, really uh, an exciting, I think, A-League. I think the standard hasn't been the best, but it's been exciting.
1: Yep. All right. What else you got
0: for us, Val? Well, Joe Montemuro, and this was broken on news.com.au. Now, he coached Melbourne City, Melbourne Victory, coached Arsenal. He's led Arsenal to to places they've never been before in the the women's um, game. He's been linked with Juventus. That's massive. Yeah. That's massive. And and hopefully, Juventus obviously have got the money. He can pull some Australians over there as well and and give them a berth because the women's game at the moment, and we spoke about this, Albie and I, before the show – it is really booming. Hmm. It really is booming. The, the money's coming in. Um, we we had the Champions League final, Barcelona-Chelsea. I mean, these are dream finals as well, because imagine Chelsea-Barcelona-Champions League men's final. Now it's transforming to the women's. So it's, it's really on the up and up. The other thing too, um, now Western United, Arti Kovacevic, mm-hmm. Adelaide City captain, played for the Melbourne Knights, went, won a championship, was a football director at Perth Glory. Adelaide United and Western United, he's just left that gig. So right. look out. I think he's coming back over here. So What's the reason
4: for that, uh, Val?
0: I think it was just a change in direction from, from either party. Um, but it's good news, I think, if if he does come here and maybe settle for a job here because, in, in my
1: opinion, he's one of the best football directors in the country. Hmm. All so right. So yep.
0: he needs to be
4: respected. That's just a good guy. Absolutely.
1: All right, you've been listening to The Real Football Show. Albie Kid, Val Migliaccio, Chris Dittmar will do it all again next week.